0: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You are listening to the wrong episode. This is episode 96. You want to go back and listen to episode 95 if you haven't yet. Okay. We'll see you in a minute. It'll be worth the wait. You're listening to the Practically Speaking Mom podcast. I'm Val Harrison, mom to seven. Five of them are grown, and two are still at home. I'm also a mother in law and a grandma, too. God has given me a passion for encouraging and equipping moms in this worthy journey of motherhood. For the past 20 years, at parenting events and moms groups, I've been privileged to meet many mamas who are doing their best to be intentional in loving their kids, preparing them for life, and loving the Lord too. It's my honor to bring you tools for the journey every week. You can find lots more resources on my website, PracticallySpeakingMom.com. That's also where you can subscribe to receive my weekly email of a blog post and podcast all sharing the same theme for that week. Intentional Moms, let's get started with building stronger families right now. Last week in episode 95, I shared some of my parenting perspective on romantic relationships for our kids. It was part one, and in it, you listened to a conversation between my daughter, Abby, and me. It was a conversation about slowing down the process of romance and dating. It was about waiting until they're a little older before getting caught up in this complex and careful type of relationship. And it's not really just about waiting a little longer, it's about preparing while you wait. It's about preparing for something that is valuable. That's lots of important things in our life that are better when we wait a little while. You know, when we're going to have a baby, we don't get it the next day. We typically wait about nine months, and those nine months are important for growth, not just for our baby, but growth in us as well. We've got lots to do to prepare for our little one. We have a baby shower to collect clothes. We decorate a room. We pick out a car seat and a stroller. And well, you get the idea because you're moms and you know all we gather in preparation. But we also prepare our hearts and our minds for our new role. It's some big concepts. Thinking of loving someone more than we love our own self or caring for someone 24-7 Whether we feel like it or not, whether we're tired or not, whether we're sick or isolated or overwhelmed, motherhood is 24-7. You know that too. Motherhood changes everything, and that requires preparation. God made it that way on purpose. Do you know he also said in Song of Solomon 8-4, Do not awaken love before its time he was saying, wait a minute, slow down. Let's make sure we're ready for this. All amazing and wonderful and exceptional things in life require some preparation, which also means waiting, which also means anticipation of what we're waiting for. I'm pretty sure all of us mamas If our kids get married, we long for our kids to have healthy, strong, happy marriages. But you know that they're not going to stumble upon that. It's going to require some intentionality on our part as well as theirs. Do we put enough thought into the preparation for our kids for romance and for dating and for marriage when should the preparation begin? When they get engaged is the typical time that people prepare for marriage. You know, they do premarital counseling, which I think is a little bit crazy of when it is placed. You know, why make the commitment first? And then we're busy thinking about flowers and wedding chapels and dresses and bridesmaids and invitations and all of these things. And then we're, while we're doing that, we're going to be going to premarital counseling. I totally think it is advantageous to make it before we make the commitment. But anyway, that's a story for another day. I want to suggest something atypical to you, and that is that preparation for healthy dating relationships and marriage needs to start at a very young age. Technically, if your kids are preschool or older, that preparation's already begun. They are already receiving messages. The question is, are they receiving the messages about romance and dating and marriage from you? see, the fact is that beginning at preschool age, our kids are receiving messages from the world about relationships. They see messages in Disney movies, in their older siblings or aunts or uncles who are dating, in their friends' parents' relationships, in the songs on the radio, in every picture and advertisement everywhere, it seems. Messages about romance, dating, and marriage are everywhere, every day. If our kids are receiving messages from the world, don't you think we should have a clear message as well? So mom, what is your message? What do you believe about romantic relationships for your kids? What age is okay for it to begin? What boundaries should exist at each age? I believe it's a very important topic. You are not gonna have the same beliefs that I have about this, nor are you gonna have the same boundary perspectives that I do, but at least I want to encourage you to give this topic some attention. Let me ask you a question. How much has your dating and romantic relationships in your life impacted your life? Has it had a significant impact? If so, don't you think, as we equip our kids for all the many other aspects of life, that we should be intentional with this impactful area of life. To me, this is too important of a topic to say, ah, they'll figure it out, trial and error. Well, this is true. There are many lessons for them to learn from experience that they'll have. But first, wouldn't it be best to prepare them as much as we can? We don't hand them keys to a car and say, Go, learn from your mistakes. No way we wouldn't do that because there's too much at stake. They can hurt themselves. They can hurt the car, but they can hurt themselves and they can hurt other people as they trial and error. So before we let them sit in the driver's seat alone, we sit with them. And before we sit with them, they sit with us and we have them read a driver's manual as well there are stages of preparation for the important things in life, and there should be preparation for dating. Now, I'd love to go over all of the stages of preparation with you, but that'll have to be a topic for another day. Last week, in part one of this series, the conversation with my daughter Abby happened a year ago when she had just turned 16 and was headed into her junior year. Now, today, The conversation is an entire year later. She's heading into her senior year. And we don't specifically talk about it in this conversation, but I'll just fill you in that now she's at a place spiritually, emotionally, and just in general maturity that if God sent someone that she was supposed to have a romantic relationship with, she would handle it well. And let me just tell you, boy, was it worth the wait. Just think, she didn't wound any other hearts over the last few years, and she didn't experience a bunch of silly regrets, or much worse than silly regrets, from impetuous, immature, romantic relationships. She spent that time instead developing her life interests and career pursuits, her passions and her perspectives. She expanded her worldview. She learned to be a really good friend. She learned how to develop deep friendships that are mutually edifying. You do know, I I know you know this, that a really quality dating relationship should be someone you are really good friends with. So if your kids haven't learned how to be a good friend, how to have deep, meaningful relationships in general, they should not be jumping into romance. She has had time to develop self-confidence and self-worth both very important ingredients in a dating relationship so that the decisions made in that relationship are ones that have her best interest at heart, that reflect her values and not the desires of someone else superseding her perspective. Low confidence and low self-worth have led to many unfortunate outcomes in dating. So she isn't likely to give in to something she doesn't want to do out of a need to be validated. While I'm mentioning unfortunate outcomes, another benefit of waiting a little longer to start dating means that she has learned lots of dating lessons through watching the peer dating around her and through her friends who have confided in her about their choices or their giving into pressure from a boy. She also is aware of pitfalls, such as being in love with the feeling being in love more than loving the guy himself she has waited for the good stuff instead of settling for anything she has waited with grace and i am so proud of her don't you think that a romantic relationship she would have now would be so much richer from having prepared first now to be clear She has liked different boys along the way over the last few years, and she has spent time developing friendships with those boys and leaving it at that, but she has not gotten into a romantic relationship with any of them yet. That has been the journey that has been best for her. The title of the podcast this week, Waiting with Grace, has a few different meanings. I just love it when titles do that, don't you? Well, first of all, Abby developed grace as she refined herself in this preparation time. Then also, you will hear her say that one of the key things, okay, listen, mamas, one of the key things she has needed through this time is parents who show grace as she hasn't walked the journey perfectly. That's where the other meaning comes in. Waiting with grace is what Abby brought up at the end. The importance for her to have grace with herself and the importance of her parents to have grace with her. Grace as a parent is not something that has come naturally or easy to me. In fact, it's going to be part of what I talk about in an upcoming podcast called Parenting Blind Spots. Because to be honest, I mega lacked grace with my older kids. I completely undervalued the importance of grace with them. High standards are great as long as they're accompanied with grace and a partnership in their teen years. The teen years are a time for launching an adult. Ideally, by the time our kids are a teen, it's great if we don't have a place of rules as much as a place of partnering together and determining the next few steps and appropriate boundaries in their life. It's a partnership. We're equipping them to live a healthy, balanced, thriving life on their own by walking step by step with them through that process. Abby hasn't walked this perfectly, and I haven't walked this perfectly in partnering with her. It's required grace on both of our parts, and we've also developed grace through the process. And so (laughs) let's go ahead and jump into the rest of the conversation with Abby. Could you give us some things that have made a difference for you that have helped keep you on course, even when it's been really hard when all of your friends or, you know, society in general around you is wanting to focus just on dating right now or thinking about guys or your guy friends thinking about girls, you know, what has kept you focused?
1: I think one of the biggest things that has made a difference in the way that I think is how much scripture I know. And that has been so beneficial and has made the difference, I think, because the way that you think forms the way that you act and what your heart is set on. So me telling myself verses and knowing Bible verses has been so influential. There's been many conversations that I've been in that the Holy Spirit has just given me a verse that I've memorized before that has been so beneficial to the conversation. And the conversation would not have been very good in God glorifying if I didn't have that verse. So memorize with your kids, have them read the Bible on a daily basis. It doesn't have to be for an hour every day. Like Start at 10 minutes, start at five minutes and keep growing that and have your kids read scripture on their own. Have your kids read scripture with the family. And as they read it more, they will memorize it more and have them like talk through, look at a verse and say, what does this verse mean to you? Word by word. That's how I memorize scripture. I would also say that you don't have to be legalistic about learning scripture, if that makes any sense. Like don't, they don't have to know the verse reference. Like this is Psalm one five da 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 you know just if they learn the concept of what God's heart is that like if they dive deep into God's heart they will form to be like him and the holy spirit will help them convict them and that is that is really the goal there
0: while you're thinking through the next one I'll throw in that Psalm 1 chapter 1 is one of the greatest chapters to teach your kids about really standing firm
1: I think another one is help your kid find good friends that aren't always focused on that. I have been so thankful for my friends that actually build me up and we can have fun without it being about that. And going along with that is have a good accountability partner, whether that is you or a mentor, one of the church staff, your their youth pastor, an older role model in their life. You know, someone who is not afraid to ask the hard questions in their life and that they can share whatever with, like whether that's an older sibling. I've heard a quote that says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. So teach them how to find good friends. And for a long time, I didn't have good friends that would really point me to God, but I definitely had a community within my family. And I think as I got older, since I had those values in my life, I attract people with the same values.
0: You know, let me throw in here and I can't remember if we've talked about this on the podcast before or not. But I remember a couple of years ago, you had some friends over and they started really pushing you to do you like a guy, you know, and And you like to avoid conversations like that. So you were putting them off and then finally you told them something. And then afterwards you come to me and you're like, man, I really regret, you know, how this turned out because now they're going to focus on that and they're going to push for me to, you know, pull more out of me and stuff like that in that arena. So what you ended up doing was you texted them and you were like, listen, guys, I have a really big regret. I wish I wouldn't have said that. Because I so want our friendship to be about so many other things than guys. And also, it's just a commitment I've made to myself. So will you please help me with my commitment to not make my conversation about that with friends? And all of them had great responses back. They were like, yes, I am so sorry. And you can count on me to not be a stumbling block for you in this area. And it was really, really cool.
1: Yeah, but it was, at the same time, it was kind of hard for me to say that because, honestly, I liked having those conversations. Like, it was enjoyable for all of us, and I think that's why girls do that, but it is not beneficial to the way that I was thinking. But also, this can almost make me sound like a not-fun person, I do try to have fun without always talking about that. Uh, (laughs) Like, in the younger years, that is all girls talk about. But when I get into high school, upper high school, it's it's much less of a conversation. So uh, yes, it was very, very hard in middle school years, but now that I'm in upper high school, it is, it's much easier. So help your kids stick it out and be a warrior through those first years, and then it'll be easier. And my last thing, though, is my favorite book on the list is Super Beneficial. Lady in Waiting was so, so helpful. It is kind of a long book, but it was amazing. It was an easy read and it's just amazing. It's the subtitle is Becoming God's Best While Waiting for Mr. Right. Um, So having the mindset of that I am becoming someone while I am waiting. The The waiting is not, that is not my ultimate goal. Like one day, I'll get a boyfriend. Like, that is my ultimate goal. No, no, that's not my ultimate goal. My ultimate goal is to become God's best, no matter what season of life I'm in. And many people think that, oh, well, once I get married, like, I'll just be happy and that'll be happy to lucky and everything is great, you know? But no, there's so many people that get let down by that. But if your goal is to, to keep growing in God and to glorify God, then you will not be let down in the next season that is still glorifying God. Before we end this, though, I would like to say, when mom asked me about talking about this, I really didn't feel qualified to do that because I am not perfect at it. Like, I I don't know. I don't, I'm not always good at not having those conversations. I'm not always perfect at, like, being a good friend, being a good older sister. And there's a lot of grace, and I think that is very important to give your kid, and that is what they need to be treasured by someone. And if you can treasure them, then that's super important in their life. And I know that that's been important in my life. Um, so they're going to mess up. I mess up a lot, and I just ask for grace.
0: I am so, so, so glad you brought this up because, man, that is something God's really been working on my heart, revealing to me about myself and my parenting and I'm so much better at it than I used to be, but I'm still healing relationships with my older kids from when I had less grace. So I am so very thankful. I mean, it's a God thing that you brought it up right now that they need to understand that their role as parent is to help equip you kids but to also be a partner with you on the journey. Like I'm not your drill sergeant about this process. This process is hard, but worthy. Mm -hmm. So when you, you know, when you ask me stuff, I'm not like, oh no, you so cannot do that. You know, it's more, let's talk it through. What age of teenager you are makes a big difference as well. And all of these things. So it is a process That must be us as parents giving you guys a vision of what this can be for you while also being your partner along the road full of grace. Mm -hmm. So thank you for bringing that up. How important. Okay. Well, awesome for you to spend this time with us. I so appreciate it. And I really appreciate the heart you have for influencing your younger sister and that you're willing to come on and talk from your heart so that these mamas can also equip their sons and daughters, or maybe they're just going to have their kids listen today, which I think would be totally awesome.
1: Okay. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: Intentional Mamas, I will put in the show notes, some of Abby's recommendations for memorizing scripture. How did she learn it growing up and what does she do now? for Scripture, and I'm going to wrap up today with Psalms 1, and this would be a great one to memorize with your family. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the steps of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on His law day and night. That person is like a tree,